the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're exploring the gifts for the church from Christ himself. Today on Abounding Grace, as we continue our look at Romans chapter 12. Again, welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Online at reformedheritage.org. You'll find all past programs there as well as a complete list of sermons available from us here at Reformed Heritage Church. Today we're back in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. Christ and His Gifts, part 2. That is where we catch up with Pastor Gary as we continue to explore these gifts that Jesus has left for us and why. Here's Pastor Gary with today's broadcast. This truth, the Trinity truth, the sola scriptura truth, the things that are necessary to be believed in order to be saved are clearly set forth so that we can test and you must test me. You must test every one of your teachers because God's word is our only guide for life and faith. But while we are testing, we've got to remember something. The preaching and teaching office of the church is nothing less than Christ's own voice teaching us through weak and sinful men. So if we are convicted... It is Christ who is convicting us according to Scripture. If we are taught in an edifying way, it is His teaching. So to turn away from that, as some radicals have done, is to turn away from the prophetic gift. And to turn away from the prophetic gift is to turn away from Christ Himself. He's the one who's given the gift. Now, maybe one of the reasons Paul mentions the gift of prophecy, the gift of the word first, is because we've got to have that manna. I mean, we have to eat God's word to do everything else that we do. And particularly since one of our missions in the world is to make disciples of all nations and to teach them everything Christ has said. But if our message within our own friendly confines is watered down and weakened, then when we are looking at unfriendly faces, we're going to even water it down more. The best way for us to sharpen our gospel sword in readiness to defend God's word in the world is to make sure that God's word alone holds chief place among us nothing else because the prophetic gift is not intended to elevate the preacher just like the gift of mercy is not intended to elevate the mercy shower so it's not intended to elevate our thoughts but God's thoughts and by the way 
Isn't it interesting? That is why the instructions that the apostles give to the next generation of preachers were put right out in the open in their letters. There wasn't a hidden manual. This is how you politicize behind the scenes to get your way. This is how you manipulate. No, there is none of that. All their instructions were given in public. Look, when you have time at First and Second Timothy, read some of the instructions to Titus. What did Paul say? Preach the word. You mean I can't preach the purpose-driven life? You mean I, I can't preach this and that and the other? No. <clears throat> the apostolic directive is to preach the word, period. Jesus said, until I come, give attention to my doctrine. But what about my feelings? Give attention to doctrine. Why? Because the truth will shape your feelings and make them better. You don't get your feelings better by focusing on your feelings. Your feelings get 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 better by heavy and heavy by a heavy vitamin like dose of God's word and his truth. And of course, Paul especially encouraged pastors to guard against the tendency of the church herself growing weary with God's word. He said in 2 Timothy 4.3, and we all know this, it has kind of become a Proverbs, talks about those itching ears. Paul said, the time will come when the church will not endure sound doctrine, but will gather around her those who will teach what her itching ears want to hear. We see that going on in the church today. One of the purposes of the prophetic gift is to guard against this growing weary. I wonder, why did the church become theater? And I'm not talking about recently. I'm talking actually about in 1870 and 1880 post-Civil War. Why? Why did liberalism take over? Why do we have to have so many frenetic movements today promising Look, there's life over here. Come over here. This is a new movement. Here's a new guru. We've got something new over here. Why is this? Because the prophetic gift of preaching has been allowed to diminish. So what is the prophetic office supposed to do? It is to stimulate interest in God's word and speak in such a way that men are drawn to eat and to study God's manna for themselves. But when God's word is a closed book, or it's three jokes and a story and a poem, there's no interest. And this is part of Christ's gift. This is part of Christ's person, his teaching. Remember how even his enemies came back and said, no one has spoken like this. Paul had to almost defend himself against the Corinthians. He was such a diminutive person. He was unimpressive when he spoke and he had big ideas and 
powerful commands came out of his mouth, especially in his letters. You see, Jesus will have us be meek and humble before his voice because he knows that only his voice will give us true life. That's it. Nothing else will give us life. Not our PhDs, our counselors, not labels on our problems, not internet health sites, nothing else. It is just Him. He may use any number of those things, but we've got to come to Him first. He is the one to whom we sink our bucket like the woman at the well when He says, come to me. He said, if you would have known who it is who asked thee, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Have you asked him? You see, that is one function of the prophetic office in the church, to teach us to come to Christ as those living waters and to keep coming to him and keep seeking him. And this is so connected to the other gifts How can we show mercy unless we are humbled by God's mercy to us, which we learn about in God's truth, God's word? What do we encourage the struggling with? Oh, well, it's going to all be okay. You're a good guy. It'll all work out in the end. Beloved, that is not encouragement. That is mere stupidity. We have got to be taught God's promises so we will have something to encourage God's people with. What do we want to give? Do we want to give to man's humanitarian institutions? Or do we want to give to the body of Christ through through which Jesus feeds his flock? So it is vital. It is a vital gift. And I'll be just as enthusiastic, I assure you, about the other gifts because each one of them is a wonderful part of our Savior's fullness and life. So we can't allow ourselves to be influenced by the drama-driven appetites that we see today. Do we ask after we hear a sermon, how did the preacher do? My friends, I don't care how I did in your eyes. As long as God's truth was preached, I am not an actor. The question should be, what did the Lord say to us through that man? How do I need to live as a result of having the Lord preach and proclaim his word through this man? Now, granted, the preachers whom he sends only stand in his place. They're not Christ himself. They are very subject to error even. But this shouldn't prevent our careful attention. Because number one, we know that Christ has raised that person up. Two, we know he has done it to humble our pride. And three, we've got to listen so we can test all things and hold fast to what is good. So the Lord Jesus, in many respects, is testing our faith through this man. Will you listen to me through weak men and look past their infirmities and recognize my grace and my gift to you? 
through them? Will you humble yourself under the means that I have ordained, he asks? Will you listen? Will their words lead you to search my word? Because God gives us his word for one reason. So we will obey it. Now, we don't complain too much about our preachers. At least, I hope you don't. I mean, if you get a bag of apples from the store, and one or two of them have a little dent in them that you didn't see, you won't complain as long as they're edible, right? It is the same way with preachers. The Lord knows preachers say things they shouldn't. He knows they leave unsaid many things they should say. I think about this every time I put a sermon together. And it is increasingly burdensome to think about all the things I should have said and the things I didn't say. But this doesn't take away the bruises, nor does it take away our responsibility to listen to Christ through these men. And unless we grow to think about the prophetic gift in this way as Christ's own voice speaking to us, then the church's preaching and teaching ministry to the world will be jeopardized, and it has been. Why does the world not take preachers seriously? Because the church doesn't. At one time she did. And they were respected men in the community, which, trust me, is not my aim for saying this. But it shows that we had a different perspective on the Word of God. And we have lost that. But we can get it back. Because the battle is not ours to win. Whatever we think the battle is, it is not ours to win, beloved. It is God's. We are merely called to be faithful. He says, eat my word. You are my sheep. You need to be fed by me. Plus, now listen, we forget that all these gifts are ways that we worship God. So when we listen to God's word, it is an act of worship. You are worshiping right now. He gives us his word to feed our faith so that we will call upon him and praise him and so that we will pray and meditate upon his word. You know, I wish all the fast food restaurants would just burn down, except, of course, you know, in an out burger. If for no other reason, then we might stop this dangerous fast food mentality. When we come to God's word, it is dangerous. When was the last time you spent an extended time meditating on the food that God has given you? Life has become a stupid selfie instead of, okay, God wanted me to have his word. So he raised up those who will give it to me, who will feed it to me, just like he does with mercy and giving encouragement. And I can't wait until we get to those gifts. So a few questions in conclusion today. Now, make these personal, because it doesn't do any good to make this about the person who's sitting next to you. 
Do you love Jesus Christ? Is he your life? Because all your life comes from him. And I just don't mean sentimentality. That is not loving him. We don't understand Christ unless he is everything to us. Now that doesn't mean we will ever be perfect. Because we will not. This side of the grave. There is no perfectionism here. But it does mean we draw near to him. And know I've got to have him. And I need his life and his strength and his wisdom. I need the guidance of his in every step of my life. I need guidance when I listen to the media's reports on wokeism and gender dysphoria. I need Christ to teach me because they are all nothing but dead men in a cemetery. They don't know what they are doing or what they are saying. The only one who knows what's going on in every nook and cranny of the universe is Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. The second question. Not only must you love and seek life in Jesus Christ, but is his home your home? I love the opening chapter in John. The two that were following and listening to John the Baptist when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And then the next day, John points him out again, and they're standing there listening to John, and Jesus turns around and asks, What are you looking at? What are you seeking? Ah, they say, where do you live? Jesus says, Come and see. And they stayed with him. You see, Though we've got something a lot better than a physical domicile. Jesus says, if, you, if any man hear my voice, my word, and open the door, I will come into him, and I will be his home. For I will sup with him, and I will dwell with him, and he with me. His home is his body. Is that your home? Is that where your chief joy is? As the psalmist said, I love to see Christ in his church. When you read the psalms and their descriptions of the church and the temple, you've always got to have Christ define them as we come to the New Testament. Like, why are the pillars so beautiful? Because Christ is the pillar, the rock, the foundation, the good, the beautiful, the noble. So we've got to know him. You want to make sure you're at home with him. Then are you eating his word? You know, this is worth a million sermons. Because you are here because of God's word. He spoke it into existence. If we believe in Jesus, it is because he brought us out of our tombs when we heard his voice. Are you eating that word? Are you holding it close? You might say, man, I tried that years ago. I read the Bible and no, you really didn't read it if it didn't change you. You really have not read your Bible if it doesn't change your life. 
you might say, well, that's just plain emotionalism. No, it's not. It is, if I may use this word, God's wordism. God's voice is living and powerful. And as Hebrews 4.12 says, it is piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. If you think, well, I've read the Bible, I'm good, then you have never read the Bible. I mean, you may have read words and seen some periods and semicolons and know some names and dates. But the Bible is much more than a geography book and a history lesson and an inspirational document. It is the very living voice of the living God. And he says, eat it. Take my word. Take it into your innermost being. Meditate on it. Pray it. I cannot commend to you again any better practice than getting on your knees with an open Bible and read it and pray over it when you, when you do read it. If it is a promise, pray and ask God for faith to believe it and for Him to fulfill it. If it is a warning, ask God to humble your heart to tremble before Him. If it is a command, ask Him for grace to obey it. Because the Word is not there to stay between two pretty covers or to bring out when we need to win an argument against an unbeliever my friends it is to feed us that is why we have the word of God to feed us and I pray that everyone here is alive enough including myself to at least feel the hunger and the desire for God's word Because if you do not feel the hunger, you are dead. And the first thing you need to do is come to Jesus and repent of your sins. Because if you don't feel any hunger for his voice, you do not know him. I promise you. Because he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Are you hungry? Are you eating? Maybe there might be a little bit of guilt back there somewhere if you're not eating and you're thinking oh I need to get back to that but my life is just so messed up well why has your life why has my life become so messed up because when we don't eat Christ through the word we starve and we have no strength to resist sin That is why we have to continuously walk with him. Beloved, he loves us. That's why he gave us this prophetic gift. That's why he gives us all the other gifts. He loves us, so he says, stay close to my word. Don't eat anything else. Just eat my word because he says, my bread is my flesh. And if you eat of me, you will never die. Never You will live forever in eternal bliss. So I ask you, do you believe that? If you eat the word of word and uh, sorry, if you eat the word, you do believe it. And the idea starts to grip you and it changes everything. It doesn't make all your problems go away, but it certainly puts them in the perspective of I'm never going to die.
Oh, my body is going to collapse for a while, but Jesus is going to raise it back up. This is food. And this manna is going to bring me through the wilderness of life right to the feet of our Savior who loved me and gave himself up for me. Oh, my friends, eat the word and praise God for his prophetic word. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, the minister of Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose. As always, it's a delight spending time with you here in God's Word. And if today's program has been especially helpful to you, we'd love to hear about it. Would you take a moment and contact us? Let us know how the program is encouraging you in Christ. It would mean a great deal to us. From time to time, we'd like to know how the program is being used by God. And that would be a great gauge for us, a quick letter or a phone call. Here's how to contact us, 408-866-5607. That's our phone number, 408-866-5607. Or you can write to us at PMB, that's PMB number 402-1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB for post mailbox, number 402-1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is the zip code. If you'd like to know more about Reformed Heritage Church of San Jose or Pastor Gary Wagner and Abounding Grace, you can visit our website, reformedheritage.org. That's reformedheritage.org. And leave us an email when you stop by. Let us know you paid us a visit. You're also welcome to, again, call. That phone number is 408-866-5607. If you'd like a copy of today's program, by the way, mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a copy out to you. The cost is $5, and any amount you send above and beyond cost of resource materials will go right back into the radio program, as this is a listener-supported ministry. We're able to continue our daily presence here on this station as you continue to support us financially and prayerfully. We appreciate your help in this endeavor. Thank you again. For further information, reformedheritage.org or 408-866-5607. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.